All right. Uh, we're going to continue now our, our series. We've been doing a series on uh, the world's culture, the current culture versus the kingdom culture. And today we're going to take a look at honor versus offense. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Romans 12, uh, verses 9 and 10. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Uh, Both being offended, uh, being offended used to be a very serious thing. Uh, Being offended originally meant that uh, you had been caused to stumble or maybe you had been caused to fail, or you had even been caused to crash or or be crushed. Uh, Current culture has redefined offended to mean the vaguest notion of upset, discomfort, or disagreement. Now, if you think about it, in Scripture, Jesus said, uh, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Now, Surely, he didn't mean if you see something you disagree with, you should pluck your eye out. Uh, if, if he had meant that, if, he, if Jesus had defined being offended the way modern culture defines being offended, none of us would have eyes. And so, obviously, he meant something different. Uh, he meant something more uh, close to if what you are looking at causes you to lose your way, then you would be better off not looking at it, not seeing. Uh, The main point that we want to walk away with today is this. Modern culture says, I have the right to be offended, and if someone offends me, they are wrong. Uh, The kingdom culture says, I am embracing the virtue of choosing not to be offended, And with that, I'm choosing to honor. Now, as believers, we have to learn to do both. It's not enough just to choose not to be offended. We have to also choose uh, and learn how to honor. Uh, It's too easy today uh, in our culture for good Christian people, people who love Jesus and are following him, seeking to follow him, it's, it's, it's way too easy to fall into the trap of taking offense. And I think Sam mentioned last week, and I'll ask again the question today, uh, why would it offend us when sinners sin? Why are we appalled at the behavior of people that, that we know have no moral compass? Shouldn't the behavior of the world actually serve to us as a sign that they are actually the people that we've been called to reach? When they act in a way that's not pleasing to us, that we believe is not pleasing to God, shouldn't that just ring a bell for us? That, oh, that's the person I'm supposed to be praying for. That's the person I'm supposed to be witnessing for. Rather than being offended and wanting to push them away, it should cause us to move towards them. So how do we do this? How how do we move out of offense and how do we move into honor? Well, fortunately for us, Uh, God has written down a lot of stuff that will help us. So let's take a look at what the Bible says about being offended and then what the Bible says about giving honor. 
Ecclesiastes 7, uh, 21 and 22 says, do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows how many times you yourself have cursed others. So just good, good advice from the Bible. Uh, don't take everything to heart that you hear. And, uh, and another maybe good lesson, don't eavesdrop. On other people's conversations, you may hear something about yourself that you don't want to hear. Proverbs 19.11, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. How about that? It is his glory to overlook an offense. Did we even know that it was possible to overlook an offense? We certainly are not being taught that in modern culture. Proverbs 29, 11, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Matthew 5, 7 to 12, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The current culture sides always with the person who is offended. It almost doesn't matter what offends you. It is believed and communicated that everyone has the right to live in a world where they are never disagreed with, never made to feel uncomfortable, and never told that they are wrong. The Bible, on the other hand, says that we should embrace the choice not to be offended and we should embrace that as a virtue that is worth having. And the Bible goes on to teach us that when we do that, when we choose not to be offended and when we choose instead to honor and not take everything into our heart, if we, when we choose to be slow to anger, when we choose to overlook things that cause others to be offended, when we choose not to vent just everything that we have, that we, you know, like we say, talking about, I just need to get this off of my chest. Sometimes you just need to keep it on your chest. <laughs> the Bible teaches that when we make those choices, not to be offended, but instead to show mercy, to maintain a pure heart and bring peace, that we will be blessed, we will see God, we will be called a child of God. We will be rewarded in heaven greatly. Now, let's make sure we understand. Not everything that happens to you, not every time that people uh, come against you, not every insult that comes your way is because you're following Jesus. I mean, honestly, sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes it's just because we live in a fallen world and everyone is fair game. But when you are insulted because of your faith, when you are 
insulted because you are walking with Jesus and serving him. When you are insulted because of your lifestyle of faith, 1 Peter 4, 14 says this, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because, get this, because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Let me read that again. That's that's a pretty big deal. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Things are gonna happen. We just have to make the choice. We have to ask God for the grace to choose not to be offended. I can promise you when you leave here today even, there will be things that will happen that will give you an opportunity to make a choice to be offended or not be offended. And we as the people of God have to choose not to be offended. So what does the Bible say about choosing honor? 1 Peter 2, 17 says, show honor to everyone, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, honor the king. Proverbs 15, 33 says, the fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom and humility comes before honor. Proverbs 22, 4, humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. Leviticus 19.32 is a verse that I used to not not pay a whole lot of attention to, but I'm, I'm loving it more and more. Rise in the presence of the aged, give honor to the elderly, and revere your God. 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with honor as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Think about that. Peter's actually saying, men, that if we do not treat our wives with honor, it could hinder our prayers. I don't think we want that to happen. Ephesians 6, 2 says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. 1 Timothy 5.17, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. I kind of like that one too. Hebrews 13.4, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. So those are some of the things that God says about giving honor and about receiving honor. So now let's go back to where we started. Romans 12, nine and 10. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves. So what does it mean to honor? Uh, Sometimes this can be vague. Uh, it's, it's hard to understand. You know, what, what does it mean to be honored? Is it to honor someone? Does that just mean to be nice? Does it mean to say you know, nice things, encouraging things? What exactly does it mean to honor? And I think sometimes it's misunderstood and even misused. 
Uh, sometimes it can be as simple as celebrating other people. Uh, honoring them can be as simple as celebrating their successes and celebrating the ways that God has blessed them uh, rather than uh, looking at what they have been blessed by God with and wishing it was yours. Uh, so I wanna take a look at a story in the New Testament, a story that Jesus tells, it's a very familiar story that I think will help us uh, to grasp uh, what honor looks like and, and maybe what some of the obstacles that you and I wrestle with uh, that keep us from honoring each other uh, might look like. So we're gonna look at Luke 15, uh, beginning at verse 11. Actually, we're, just, we're gonna begin at verse 25. So just hold that for a minute. Let me just, I'll bring you up to, up to speed. So this is the story of the prodigal son. And the prodigal, the younger brother comes and tells his father that he wants to uh, have his inheritance early. Uh, he goes off and he wastes it, uh, not living well. Uh, Bible says in some versions on riotous living. And when he is then eating pig's food, he realizes that his father's servants are better off than he is. And he decides he'll go home and just offer to be his father's servant. And his dad sees him coming and jumps off the porch and runs to meet him, celebrates his coming home, throws a big party for him uh, to celebrate that his son that was lost is now home. And then we'll pick up here. This, this is this, the older brother's reaction in verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So here, here's what happens when, this, when the younger son comes home and the dad celebrates uh, his return. The first thing that happens with the older brother is he becomes angry and he won't join the party. And so the question for us when it comes to choosing not to be offended and choosing to honor is, can you celebrate with others? Can you celebrate the good things that, that happened, that happened in other people's lives, even if the thing that happens for them is what you've been praying would happen for you, but it happens for them instead or, or first? Can you celebrate with them 
Or do you find yourself being angry and refusing to join the party and you, you find yourself, rather than celebrating, asking the question, why not me? Why them? The second thing that happens with his older brother is that he judges his brother. Not only is he offended that the father is showing the brother, having this party with the brother that he's never had with him, he judges the younger brother by saying he he doesn't even deserve a party. He says, he doesn't call him his brother, by the way. He calls him this son of yours. I've heard that. I've heard that said, no, actually I've said that. In my house, when our kids growing up would misbehave, they were my wife's children. (laughs) So I understand that sentiment. He says, this son of yours, and he judges his brother. And so sometimes, you know, we look at people and, and they're being blessed and they're being celebrated by God and we we judge them because we think, well, they're not even, you know, I've done more than they've done. I've been a Christian longer than they have. You know, one of the things that happens in the church is somebody who's been a believer for a short amount of time, God just blesses them incredibly. And somebody who's been a Christian for 20 years and been praying and interceding and wanting this particular blessing, and then this newborn in the faith gets that blessing and we get jealous. Last week, I had the opportunity to hear uh, one of my favorite preachers, uh, Mason Tanner. And he said, Mason said this, speaking at a, a prayer gathering at his church in Franklin, water flows to the place or in the direction of least resistance. Water flows to the place or in the direction of least resistance. And we are people of the river. We, we love the river of God. We want the river of God. We want to, to swim deeply in the river of God. And the river flows in the direction of the least resistance. That's why the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's why there's so many verses that connect honor with humility. Because humility creates no resistance. Pride is a, is a barrier. Pride is a barrier. Jealousy is a barrier. Judgment is a barrier to the flow of God's grace. The current culture wants to create a world where everyone has the right to never be offended. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. Kingdom culture desires that we choose not to be offended and that we choose to honor. And one of the ways that we can do that is to resist jealousy, reject judgment, and choose to celebrate with others. Now I will tell you that as a pastor, uh, one of the most difficult things to deal with, uh, one of the hardest things in the life of, of any pastor is when people leave your church, uh, when they leave to go to another church. And, and it, it's hard not to take it personally. And uh, you know, to, 
just to feel pain, pain over that. But I really wrestled with, with the Lord as I've prepared this message and even as I've prayed into this message early this morning. And, and God has challenged me with this. Uh, can you celebrate if someone needs to leave your church to go to another church to get something that I have for them? Can you celebrate that? And honestly, I'm gonna have to pray and ask God to give me the grace to do that. I am, but uh, I recognize that that's a need in me. I, I need to be able to release people and celebrate what God is doing in their life. Uh, you know, there's really only one church. There's only one, and it's, and it's not mine. I don't own it. And so I need to choose not to be offended, uh, but to celebrate what God is doing in other people's lives, even if it doesn't involve me. Now, what I wanna challenge you with today is this. Uh, other places where you need to repent. Uh, this, is, this is our call today. We're going to, in a minute, we're going to receive communion. In fact, I wanna ask our uh, servers to go ahead and get in place and for our prayer teams to get ready. Uh, as you come for communion today, I want you to come with a heart that's open to repentance. If there's something that God wants to convict you of today, I don't want you to be convicted by me, but if the Holy Spirit convicts you, I want you to deal with that. You know, are there places where you have been jealous of others? Things that you've wanted and you've seen others receive, you've seen God bless other people and it's just made you jealous rather than celebrate them. It's almost made you angry. Angry at them, angry at God, angry at the world. Are there places where you've judged others because they've been blessed in a way that you wanted to be blessed and you've just said, you know, I don't understand why they're being blessed. I'm better than they are. Are there places where God would lead you today uh, to repent? Because the last thing we want is to raise up barriers in our lives uh, to the river of God. Jealousy is a barrier, judgment is a barrier. So we want to tear down the things that keep the river of God from flowing freely in our lives. Does that make sense? Okay. I'm gonna ask you to stand. Uh, our team's gonna lead us in some worship. And uh, I just encourage you, when you are ready to come and receive, we have two stations, one on either side. You can come and receive. There are also the uh, little prepackaged um, communion cups. If you want to grab one of those and take it back to your seat, feel free to do that as well. And the, this middle section here, uh, we have the cushions available. If you want to come and kneel and just spend some time in prayer and repentance before you go uh, to re receive communion, I encourage you to do that. And we have prayer teams. If you want a team to come and pray for you here in the front, just, just raise your hand and a team will come and find you. If you wanna be just alone by yourself, then we'll respect that as well. All right. Lord, we love you. Uh, we recognize today that uh, we're not perfect. There are things, there are places in our lives that, that you want to point out and touch and call us to repentance in. 
And so I pray that our hearts would be open to you in whatever way you wanna speak, however you want to convict, we invite you because we want, Lord, to be able to approach you. We want to have clean hands and a pure heart. So move in us today, in Jesus' name, amen.